Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. Welcome back to the show. The host of Locked On Jays, Craig Ballard. Welcome back to the walk-off, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. Always good to be on the walk-off podcast. Uh, the Yes, indeed, the Locked On Blue Jays podcast has become, you know, quite a quite an undertaking for me like labor of love i know you guys mm-hmm. know what, what what that's like there on your end but absolutely yes uh the the phone is always going to be answered when the call display says walk off podcast on the other end of things a, <laughs> I, well I, i've been on here many times i've enjoyed it many times the I, i've told the story once on here before it was uh, a guest appearance on the walk off podcast that got one of the recruiters from the locked on, uh, sorry, from the, from the walk-off. Yeah. Walk-off that got one of the recruiters from the locked on podcast network to see and say, Hey, cause they were looking for a blue Jay host. Said this bald headed doofus. I'm smelling what he's cooking here. Let's reach out to him. So that's, it was during that time. Uh, you remember, um, uh, Scott went on uh, his honeymoon for about seven and a half months there. It was during that, it was during that span. Yeah. It was during that span. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so always, awesome. so my, I, it feels like roots at the walk-off podcast. If yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It does. Well, well, we're rooting for you, obviously, buddy. And we're excited <laughs> that on this, an off day for the Blue Jays yeah. that we get to have you on and 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 talk some ball. So let's before let's we get, get into, into it, it my before friend. we get into okay. it, I got to just jump in here and acknowledge your little uh, ring of honor that you've got set up behind your mm. head there. Uh, who's all in your ring of honor here? So the jerseys uh, are, are Holiday, Edwin, Steve, uh, Joey Bats and George Bell. So nice George choice. Bell and Doc Halliday, two of my favorites ever. Uh, w- when I got the Locked On podcast, I, I-, I had uh, these um, Air Force Ones custom made, uh, uh, Flatty on one. And where's oh, oh, nice. Alec Manoa is not quite making the cut today, but nor is he this season, right? I guess <laughs> that, that's, there's a metaphor right there. Okay, yeah, but yeah. And then uh, the w- one of the sponsors of the show is Game Time. It's a great app for getting last minute tickets. So I don't like going to the games, right? But the Game Time app is so easy to use. I've been a few times. So I actually got that Jordan Romano. Remember the bobblehead day they had? The Jordan Romano mm-hmm. bobblehead day? So I've got that going. Nice. And then my prize possession make it. Oh, it's trying to sneak in. I got that big, huge gold chain that they have with the oh, Blue Jays yeah. logo. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Yeah, I've got nice. that as well. Yeah. So I've had as much fun setting this stuff up, <laughs> setting up the background <laughs> stuff as, as putting together the content. Believe me. Lovely. So, Craig, I have to ask them, what is it? that makes you prefer watching the game at home because this is something you've brought up to me a couple of yep. times i know when i reached out and i was like hey i might be in toronto we should go to a game <laughs> and you you your response was i'll go with you but only because it's you not because true. i like going to live games so, so what true. is it about watching the game at home that you prefer i've got the replays at home so you know for the deep dive of any uh, of any close plays anything along those lines whatever snack you want to have whatever beverage <laughs> you want to have have at it Whatever you want to be doing. So when you're watching a ball game, if you're, you don't like paying $12 for your drink. Uh, Oh, oh, did you have a coupon? How did you get it for just $12? Did you have a coupon? (laughs) like 12 bucks. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And you know what? I was there. The, the, so here, here's paying the price for never going. So I haven't been in years, but now the renovations, again, one of the sponsors, I got the tickets. Okay. I'm going. I walk in there. I wait an hour and a half in line at the Blue Jay store to buy this gold chain. Originally, I get to the front, take out the cash. 
oh, it's no cash. And everybody in the building just knows this. There's 50,000 of us in the building. I'm the one. I had no idea. <laughs> I did not have one card on me. Not one card on me. I just brought cash. That, that wasn't a great experience. It's just known at the dome. It's just known. There's no cash anywhere in that building. Well, now, now this bald-headed doofus knows it too, but it was an unpleasant surprise that first yeah. game. Okay, so we are currently June, what is it here? 26. June 26th. This team is seven games above 500, 43 and 36. They are a half a game back of the Yankees for third place. They are five and a half back of the Orioles for second place in the AL East and currently hold a wild card spot, Craig. So... Let's start with this. Let's take that microscope and let's let's really reel it back. All right. You're now taking just a big general look of where the Toronto Blue Jays are currently in the 2023 season. Forget how they've gotten here. Forget what has happened. If you were to see this record and where they sit currently, April 1st, are you, Craig Ballard, somewhat happy with where this team's at? Well, the... The, one of the caveats you put in there was forget how they got here. So if I'm just looking at the record, no, because that is a fourth place team right now. So mm -hmm. on the surface, I'm not happy with that. Mm -hmm. But if I can peel that part of the question away, Scott, and say, but and 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 take a, a deeper look at, but how did we get here? Well, now I'm very pleased. The beginning of this schedule, the first half of the schedule for the Toronto Blue Jays is unlike a first half of the schedule I've ever seen. And it's nothing nefarious. It's like, oh, yeah, you know those guys in New York out to get the Blue Jays. It's nothing like that, right? It's because of the renovations. Mm -hmm. But 25 of the first 37 games were on the road. Immediately following that, immediately, like the next day, they started a stretch of 17 games in a row over 17 days. Over 17 days, you'd have two or three days off in there. They had none. Then right after that, they had that stretch that just concluded where they played 30 games in 31 days. Again, over 31 days, you've got three or four days off in there. Depending how the schedule breaks, you may have a fifth day off in there. Blue Jays had one. They had that nine-game road trip in there that, yes, mm -hmm. it had the road, they had the days off at the beginning and the end, but in the middle, the nine days, the three cities, no days off. The schedule has been absolutely incredible. Add to that, the opening day starter isn't even on the big league level right now. Like, for are you absolutely kidding me right now? Vladimir Guerrero Jr., my guy here, absolutely. To a lot of players' standards, yes, he's been awesome. To his standards, oh my goodness, no. There, there's a lot of players who aren't playing to their potential just yet. But that's just from the schedule standpoint. I'm very I just wanted the Blue Jays to be able to tread water and stick around because there are a lot of wins from a schedule standpoint, a lot of wins in the second half of the season for the Toronto Blue Jays. So just to be in striking distance is what I really wanted. And as you said, Scott, striking distance, if the playoffs started right now, the Toronto Blue Jays are in that playoff spot. And you know what? Maybe I'm I'm wrong in saying this. I probably have not given the Orioles enough credit right from day one. Mm. I thought they were putting too much pressure on their young core to take developmental steps forward. And I just didn't believe in their starting pitching. And I know Adam and I have talked about this numerous times, just the fact that they are winning games despite they're starting pitching something that I can't even remember an organization doing in the last decade, totally true. Right? Totally true. Yeah. Um, Baltimore um, Orioles, by the way, 17th in baseball with ERA. Mm -hmm. That bullpen is incredible, but Scott, I had the same, I knew Baltimore was coming, but next year I did not yeah, see that. That's what I thought year. too. Yeah. That's what I thought too. 
I still think they're catchable at five and a half back, not even in July yet. We've yet to see the Orioles go on a skid. They're going Mm. to. We've yet to see the Orioles deal with any major injuries. They're going to. Now, yes, you could say the same thing about the Toronto Blue Jays when it comes to the whole injury bug, and they've been mostly, for the most part, knocking on all the wood. They have avoided bad tacos (laughs) and have been somewhat healthy. Um, Going back to April 1st, if you were told, Craig, this team is going to be in the last place of the wild card, but not only that, Alec Manoa (laughs) is going to be in the Florida complex. And, and this is going to be with an asterisk, not injured. Well, good asterisk. Good. That's an important asterisk, actually. Is there like, just from my standpoint, this is something that I would have never in a million years predi- predicted, which is the regression of Alec Manoa to the level that we have seen. And I think all three of us were, were fairly on board with some sort of regression from a guy who finished third in Cy Young voting in the American league. Are you surprised that this starting rotation is held together without the big man at the forefront? Stunned. I think is the word I would use for that. The Alec Manoa in, in uh, when he started the blue Jays lost nine of his last 10 starts before that, before the demotion, however you want to put it in the two. And, and then twice since then, his spot has come up in the rotation with some days off and things like that. His spot has only come up twice since then they've gone bullpen days. They've lost both of those games. So in that Alec Manoa slot, which by the way, was the ACE slot on this yeah. team in that slot, the last 12 times that slot has come up for the Toronto Blue Jays, they've won one of those games. That's incredible futility. Even if they were six and six, a 500 team during those starts, I'm still not thrilled with a 500, but even if that was the case, they would be in first. You talk about catching Baltimore. They would have caught Baltimore, mm-hmm. even if they were like three and nine over that spin. Like, again, just hor- which is horrible also. Yes. They'd be firmly in that second wildcard spot. So yes, absolutely. To have so thoroughly face planted on one of your five spots in the rotation. And it wasn't the one, you know, what if this was all due respect? I gotta, I gotta start putting respect on you say Kikuchi's name, right? So oh, what if this was Kikuchi that had fallen flat on his face? None of we would have seen it coming. There would have yeah. been a plan B, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Alec Manoa, not even on the big league level as the season's at the midway point. No one had this on their bingo card. Every projection system there was, there's there's three major ones in the offseason. They all had Manoa taking a step backward to the point where his ERA was in the fours. Mm-hmm. When I read the first one, I was very surprised. Saw the second one, stunned. Saw the third one, like, you're, I mean, what is happening here? Because I just cannot see that level of regret. That's a double. That's doubling his ERA. That's yeah. a double of the, I just didn't see it coming. Look at the scenario now, Scott and Adam. We would pre- we would sign up right now for Alec Manoa to finish with an ERA in the fours. We would sign up for that right now. His ERA is six and a half. We would sign up for that right now. So that regression that has taken place, absolutely stunning. Blue Jays caught without a good plan B. I can't even get super upset with them for not having a good plan B for, for you know a month and a half into the season, needing to replace your ace. So as far as scenarios go, to be in a playoff spot with this being the case right now, and this is something I say to Blue Jay fans all the time right now, imagine this team and how you feel about this team going forward. What if the actual 
Alec Manoa walks back in the door at some point during this season. Like, isn't that going to be a, there? There, there is no, there is no addition at the trade deadline. Even with a guy like Shane Bieber available, there is no trade deadline addition available for any team in baseball that could be as valuable as the actual Alec Manoa walking back in the door for the Toronto Blue Jays. So, no, this whole Manoa thing, I've never seen anything like. People compare it to Roy Halladay. I think that was a totally different scenario. Ricky Romero. I think these were all totally different scenarios. None of these guys, when they started to fall off, were coming off of being third in Cy Young voting. We're coming off of setting a franchise record for the best whip that the Toronto Blue Jays have ever seen, right? So I just, I'm stunned with what we've seen from Alec Manoa. And I think it really, really is is, is a hats off to the Blue Jays player, the, the, the organization in, in, in general, that they've been able to survive this. I mean, what a punch, what a punch to have to roll with. Now, okay, you touched on the fact that uh, Alec Manoa returning to his normal form or mm-hmm. even just a slight regression or anything close to that would be quite the trade deadline mm-hmm. addition. You don't think that's possible though. Do you, do you think Alec Manoa comes back and has a, a three ish ERA? The only reason I don't even have any sort of good answer for you here, Adam is because I'm so lost on this. I've never seen, yeah. I, I've never seen this before. I've never seen, I'm not even clear. And maybe Adam or Scott, if you guys can try, I'm not even clear on what's happening in Florida. Are they working on some major bug they figured out? Like, what is even happening there so that this when they is, do come back? This is something we were talking about yesterday on Long Toss, Craig, that it's such a laundry list of things that are probably ailing him. I know mm. we've talked about the innings increase and the fact that 2021, he pitched 110 innings, increased to 204 last year. Just the fact that normally a standard increase in innings is about 15 to 20%, which Alec Manoa is way over, yeah. which Sandy Alcantara is was way good. over, which Nestor Cortez is way over. And we are noticing mm-hmm. uh, some consistency with some of these young guys that had these major increases and the wall that they have hit since. So I guess what I'm I'm saying is when you look at where he's at in the complex and there we're not hearing a bunch of it. I think it really could just be that they, they have him on low, right? Like they have mm, him it seems on, it, yeah. on full. Let's try and get this kid physically back to where he should be, which is such an, an almost impossible endeavor to try and do mid season. Right. Like, to, to, to rest the kid's mind and body mid-season, it, it almost can't be done. And I think that's what's happening right now in Florida is they're trying to do what should have happened over the offseason. Um, and you can't uh, even really blame – you can't even really blame this organization, Craig, for the innings increase that they did. Because where would 2022 Toronto be without Alec Manoa firmly at the helm of that, that starting rotation logging 200-plus innings? Right. Like, and there was no indication. There was no indication last season that, that, that he was slowing down, that this was becoming a burden. Do do we need to rethink this? Nothing like that was on display. So you look at, he's physically not able to do what he was doing last year. That's going to wear on his confidence, add the pitch clock, add possibly, and I'm not even saying this is part of it, but let's say it's just a minute part of it. Conditioning. So you start really lining all of this laundry list of problems with Alec Manoa up and how do you fix it? And there's no obvious answer outside of the fact that you send them down and do exactly what they're doing. So I think you are correct that if they can get Alec Manoa back 
in some semblance of who we saw in 2022 this year, that is better than any addition starter wise that they could make at the deadline. I don't know if they can though. Where are you at? If you're going to give a percentage of, of confidence that he's back this season at all, where do you rank that? The only reason I'm going to say about 75%, the only reason I'm, I'm something that that's high, so high is because just from a standpoint of, because I've never seen the deterioration before, this is unprecedented as far as I'm concerned. So you, uh, Adam and Scott, you guys are bringing up, boy, Craig, boy, this is going to be far-fetched for him to come back. Is it, It's far-fetched that, that we're in the scenario we're in now. Yes. So, so could that good, you know, uh, a good outcome still be, still be coming, still be happening. I'm still just holding out hope. I'm still just holding out hope. And, and I'm real. I'm literally sitting here asking myself, Craig, you might just be being glass half full for the sake of, because in, in your life, you want to be more glass half full. Right. But, but the, it, it, it's the reason I am glass half full. I just think it's on the table that he could still come back and be good. And the whole, the whole thing I'm basing this on is because the, the downfall was so unprecedented. So couldn't the comeback also be something that's unprecedented mm-hmm. it's wishful thinking adam's gonna say craig that's wishful thinking i'm gonna say adam you are absolutely <laughs> wait i don't have a great no, none of us have a great answer for this because none of us have seen this before mm-hmm. hey toxic positivity i'll take it <laughs> Bring it on man it's the mantra here now to truly a glass half full scenario all right jose barrios is back hey <laughs> Do you feel confident saying he's back? This is Jose. This is the Jose Barrios we went out and got again for, from the Twins, correct? One trillion percent. Remember, his first two starts of the season, he got rocked at KC, yeah. eight runs, got rocked at LA, four runs. I was doing the math yesterday. So since those first two starts, I think his ERA, uh, it's it's part of a tomorrow's show. I think it's um um like 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 two point five seven something. Like it's in, yeah. it's in the low. T- this is a guy who had the worst ERA in all of baseball last season. And he's got 16 starts this season. The first two, his ERA was over 11. The first two was, oh my goodness. You, you remember that start against Kansas City? Yeah. It was one after another. It was it, it was the exact, it, it was 2022 moved into 2023. It was all the exact same. The next time out against An- Anaheim wasn't much better. Since then, he uh, two starts ago, he didn't lower his ERA, but that broke a streak. I've never seen this before, gentlemen. And, and I don't know if it's a record. No one said it was a record, so I guess it wasn't a record. But the two starts ago, he he didn't lower his ERA, but that broke a streak. He had nine starts in a row where he had lowered Lowering his ERA. ERA. I mean, is that good? Well, the oh trick is, Craig, goodness. the trick is, Craig, is to start the season with a 12 ERA. And then <laughs> it, he's, he's, he's that meme. He's that meme of that guy pointing at his head. That, yeah, that's what he's doing. This, Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. All joking aside, and you touched on it, if you look at his numbers since May 1st, he's a top 10 starter in all of baseball. It's pretty wow. impressive what he has done in May and June of 2023. The guy has mm-hmm. looked like he did when they went out and acquired him in 2021. He looks like the dude who pitched in September in 2021 and was one of the reasons mm. that they just about made the playoffs. And he looks like the guy that the Blue Jays went out and extended to major money in the off season of 2021 to 2022. Jose Barrios. It's, I feel like the same thing can be said that we just said for Alec Manoa. I have no freaking idea what 2022 Mm -hmm. was. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. It makes no sense at 28 years old. Normally, with a guy who's played six years in the league, you can take his baseball card, you can turn it around, and you're probably going you to get that. pretty close yeah. <laughs> to that career average. You're just going to. And then 
to have this blip on the radar of a full season where he just couldn't find it. And then he's fine. I, I don't even want to delve into it. You know, like I, I'm just like, let the baseball gods do what they did. And let's move on from whatever the hell 2022 was with Jose Barrios. Yeah. His, uh, the, I, I mean, here I am about to dive into it. You said you don't want to dive into it, but just, just, just wanted know. to, just, just, I mean, the, the, the slurve has always, even last season when he struggled, the slurve has always been a top tier pitch, but last season, the fastball location was completely non-existent. So there was nothing happening to set up that slurve mm-hmm. to be really it's effectiveness this season, the fastball accuracy, my goodness for him. And you say they're both still getting hit hard this season. They're both still giving up a lot of home runs. You say leads the league in home runs. Th- those things are still happening, but the, the limiting of the damage has just been night and day to last season. Last season, Barrios and you say would give up a run and that run would become a crooked number. It would be a two, a walk and a hit later. And then a three run home run. That one run became four. And we saw that on a completely regular basis. Hasn't been the case this season. And when Barrios or you say are giving up home runs this season, they're solo home runs. You, you talk about being able to limit damage. That's what's been on display from both of these guys this season. It's funny, Scott. I was thinking, uh, I was just out for a walk in my neighborhood last night. I was thinking about one of the last times I was on the walk-off and I was saying, you know, I'm not even going to, I know we're not talking about what you say, but just I'm not even going to allow myself to get excited about you say this season if he has a good first half, because I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half, he was the only Zach Davies was the only pitcher worse in baseball than Kukuchi in the set. So I'm not even going to, and then Scott said, but Craig, if it is that first half, get excited because we just need you say to be good for that first half to buy us time to figure out, is it going to be Tiedemann? What's it going to be for that second half? Mm-hmm. Fast forward to where we actually are. I actually am getting excited about you say Kikuchi yeah. because the improvements that have been made, same with Barrios, the improvements that have been made are things that seem very sustainable. They don't seem like they're things that they're, 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 that, that have taken the other teams by surprise and you know the league's going to catch up. The, the changes that both of these guys have made to their mechanics and to their approach seem sustainable. So I'm very, very – you talk about the glass half empty, glass half full. I mean, they're, Alec Manoa is the glass half empty example in my lifetime, but there are some glass half full examples in this rotation right now for the Toronto Blue Jays. You say Kikuchi had a walk rate of almost six per nine last My year. My gosh. And and he is below three. He has literally cut his walk rate in more than half. Wow. Uh, you look at his wins above replacement. His career wins above replacement, Craig, are 1.9 for his, his, his career. Career, yeah. He's sitting at one. A one win above replacement for the 2023 season. So we have seen some major improvements from Yusei Kikuchi. And I know that he's still giving up home runs, but the fact that they're solo home runs, uh, yes, please. I think it's like 14 of the 20 have been solo. I think that's yeah, the case. I it's think it's insane 14 of the 20. Because he's got walking people this year. <laughs> that, that Funny how it works. You know, what's funny too. I was uh, again, just thinking about this last night because the, you mentioned Sandy Alcantara, there's, there's Dylan Cease, there's Corbin Burns, there's the rise, all the top ERA guys from last season are really struggling. Could the pitch clock be part of that? I don't know. Now you flip the script or you, you go to the other side of the coin. You say Kikuchi, even when he was the struggling, you say Kikuchi, he gets that ball. What's the sign? Let's get to action. He always wanted to work quickly. Always, always, always. So he did this pitch clock. 
it, 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 it might even be news to you say Kikuchi that there's a pitch clock. Like we may need the mm -hmm. translator involved there. He may, and he might not even know he might not even realize it because <laughs> he always wants to work quickly anyway. So is, is, is that helping him? I've really seen that. That's one thing. I don't know how you guys feel about the pitch clock this season, but I, I, I'm really seeing it uh, being an advantage for a lot of pitchers that do want to be in that habit of, of, of working quickly. The Manoas, the Bassett, some of those guys that do want to be more labored uh, are, are having a little bit of issues with that. Uh, I don't know if you gentlemen saw. I had Jay Jackson on uh, the other day, and and uh, we were deep diving his at bat against uh, Aaron Judge, the, the famous one, you know, where Judge did the side eye right and then hit the home run. Well, that was a six pitch at bat, and and we went through each pitch. I loved it. We deep dived the at bat. I didn't want to talk to Jay Jackson about the side. It, it's been talked about, right? But I wanted to know about that mm -hmm. at bat. It's the only run Jay Jackson's allowed this season. I wanted to deep dive that at bat, and we went through each pitch. It was a six pitch at bat, full count pitch. Slider gets hit for a home run, and he's Jay. Uh, when we got to that six pitch, because I was saying, Jay, this is the six pitch. They were all sliders. Is fastball going through your head on that six pitch? And he said, it absolutely was. I got the pitch calm slider. I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? Uh, I don't want to walk this guy. I want to be competitive here. It's been five sliders. You know, I, I need to be in the strike zone here to be competitive. I need to throw the fastball here. And as he's about to reach the switch on the pitch calm, he notices the pitch clock is about to expire. Shoot. And now he's got to go. Now he's got to rush that pitch. And it's nowhere near. It's the slider because he couldn't shake it off. He didn't have time. And it was nowhere near as effective. So that's sort of an undercurrent that we've seen so far this season, right? The, the, the pitch clock has been its own animal, mm -hmm. really working for some pitchers and not for other pitchers. We knew there'd have to be an adjustment, right? But still, things like that really fascinate me because because we're watching that on the outside looking in. I'm so fascinated to hear the Jay Jacksons and the, and the pitchers of the world, the Max Scherzers that hate it so much. Yeah, I'm ex I, I enjoy hearing them deep dive the ins and outs of it. And and one of these days when we can really get an honest uh, you know interview and an honest uh, reaction, because I bet Alec Manoa would be forthcoming one of these days, right? I wonder yeah. if he will talk about you know what, man, some of this pitch clock stuff did throw me for a loop early on. It will be interesting to see what Alec Manoa has to say in two years yeah. about what has happened this season. It is going to be interesting. So obviously 2023 has been a, for lack of a better term, wild season, new rules in place. And we've seen the game shift in the way that it is played and the way that it is presented. Um, mm. We watched the Toronto Blue Jays add a bunch of new faces to this organization. And so I figured we'd play a little game here where we go down the list of acquisitions over the off season. And I want your opinion on whether it has been a success. If the verdict is still out or if it's been unsuccessful. All right. Okay. Let's start with Brandon belt. Where are you at on mm. Brandon belt? getting more and more successful by by the second i'll say that my gosh his, his ops the last two months is like well over four or is uh, on base i mean is well over five uh 400 brandon Bell. he actually craig leads the toronto blue jays since may 1st in both ops and on base percentage how about that wow i mean is that good since may 1st that's a legitimate sample <laughs> size now. that's june's a legitimate about, sample size june's about don't to talk be about april yeah. that, that's yeah. all <laughs> no well yeah very true well <laughs> and, 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 he, and even with that scott now to me even with that could could April have a little bit of a leeway, right? Because he didn't really have a spring training. Was April that spring, right? But the, but 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 still, we needed to see in May and June that yes, April was that. Couldn't have continued those. We couldn't still be saying in May. Well, this might just be his spring still, right? So so I am glad to see him going. Uh, believe it or not, now the the Blue Jays have a 500 record 
when Brandon Belt does not play and their winning percentage when he does play, your boy did the math, all the math on this yesterday myself. So I can tell you, and I checked it like four or five times because I'm super paranoid that I get these, you know, I don't want to get these things wrong. <laughs> yeah. Brandon, the, the Blue Jays winning percentage with Brandon Belt is, is, is uh, I think it's 560. It's number one of any player on the team. So he has meant a difference to to winning, been getting on base like crazy. Now, he's actually not somebody that's he, he's part of the problem when you talk about hitting with runners and scoring positions. Brandon Belt's actually part of that problem. But the I mean, he's he's in a mix of a lot of Blue Jays, right? That are part mm -hmm. of that problem. But the, the the veteran leadership, I think that he's brought just consider the fact, Scott and Adam, that for the last what, three weeks or so, when he does something, his teammates who are brand new teammates are sitting there chanting MVP, 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 like this guy's already a leader in this locker room. Mm hmm. I would agree. Um, I think that some of the negativity about Brandon Belt, too, is that there was a higher expectation for him to come out of the gate strong than yeah. maybe there should have been, right? Like, and, and this, I, I'm to blame on this as well, because I know I took his word of him saying, I feel the best I've felt in years. Oh, that's true. As, yeah. As legit. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I should have just realized this is just a guy who's been in baseball a long time and knows the right thing to say at the right time. Right. So I think had we just had the expectation of, listen, this is a 35 year old guy who's coming off knee surgery and they are going to ease him into the season. When you look back on spring training, he didn't even take a swing right. until it was two weeks in when he did, it was at a, easy to deal with level, right? They were taking him out halfway through games. They really eased him in. And then he started very slow in April. And I think everyone should have given him leeway. And I think we're seeing that now, but I think the expectations of him coming in and, and doing what he's doing in June is what we were hoping to see in April, which is kind of unfair. Uh, so I'm with you. I think Brandon belt, can we are all three of us on board successful off season? acquisition and, and, and you, yeah and you know it's incredible too you talk about those april storylines dfa brandon belt let's extend matt chapman as quickly as possible <laughs> like some of these some of these april storylines yeah. took a hike DFA quickly, trevor right? richards dfa, yeah, DFA trevor, trevor richards. richards there's another one there's another yeah. one okay off-season acquisition success verdict still out or unsuccessful kevin kiermeyer my gosh right headlining headlining the success headlining the success I've said before, you know, the no, no matter how long you've been watching baseball, if, if you've been in the game as long as uh, the people like us have, or if you just brand new walked in the door to baseball, because of Ron Man, Rob Manfred and the speed of light changes that he's made, it doesn't matter how long you've been watching baseball, you've seen changes. One of the things that does remain the same, you know, from from our day to now with all the changes, we saw it last season with Houston with 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 Maldonado in, in the ninth spot as that catcher. You can still be a World Series contender a legitimate world series contender and have that struggling hitter, that bad hitter in your nine spot. If that nine spot hitter is elite defensively. So I was already on board with bringing in Kevin Kiermaier and has the elite defensively been on display. My goodness, my goodness. Okay. Yes, it has. And the bat, every aspect of his game is on pace for a career high right now. I mean, literally for being technical, his stolen bases aren't quite on par, aren't pace for a career high, but he hasn't been caught. He's eight, he's eight known stolen base. So it's not, I mean, he's been very, very good there. It's not like he's leaving that stone unturned. The defense has been, I mean, just the offense, 
if we could freeze time right now, remember the whole Donald Trump thing, the, the, the stop the count, stop the count, stop the count. If I could stop the count right now, if, if we could freeze Kevin Kiermeyer's batting average right now and people say, yeah. hey, there's a whole half of the season, maybe it could get better. Maybe it could, but I don't see it getting a whole lot better yeah. than what it's been because it's no. been pretty good for, for, for this guy right now. I, I'm very pleased with Kevin Kiermeyer. Gentlemen, how on earth did this guy, I mean, he was a four letter word for me. I think for you guys too, I yeah. hated, I hated Kevin yeah. Kiermaier and how quickly he has appeased and become part of this become integral. In fact, in this fan base, very impressive. Yes or no, Craig, three years, 30 million. Do you sign Kevin Kiermaier tomorrow for that? Ooh, wow. My God. You know what? I am going to say yes. I, mean, I, I You just blew my mind on that one, Scott. I've always just thought it was going to be one and done with Kiermaier, but you're right. The, the, the way he's playing right now, maybe they don't want that to be such a one. 33 years old. You probably need to go that extra year. I bet yeah. he does want three years and he probably mm -hmm. gets that on the open market. But I don't like, I really do think 30 million, three years is not Absolutely. crazy for Kevin Absolutely. Kiermaier. Absolutely. Look, look at this last off season. Every contract was a dozen years for crying yeah. out loud. Like I'll take three yeah. for, I'll take three with Kevin. That's a great call. I like that a lot. Especially when you shore up a position that is as valuable and difficult to shore up as center field is. Didn't we just see this past weekend, the Oakland days with that outfield play that they had, oh, that outfield God. defense that they had? Didn't we just yeah. see the importance Brutal. of having some guys out there that can go get it? <laughs> and Craig, while we're on it, this is a list of the outfield the New York Yankees fielded this, Ooh, oh, this weekend. Oh, Jake well, I'm already Bowers. excited because Billy McKinney's in it, so I'm already going to get yeah. a Billy McKinney sighting, so I'm already excited yes. about that. Yeah, okay. Jake Bowers, Harrison Bader, and Billy McKinney. Now, does that sound like a major league Goodness. outfield to you? Goodness. No offense to Bader, who is obviously incredibly defensively in center field, yeah. but... And McKinney that. somehow is killing it for them, but my God, no, that, that is absolutely incredible to... I, I get halfway upset to keep seeing that, that that we're behind the Yankees, man, because they are going through it on the injury mm -hmm. front. Nestor Cortez isn't even there. Like one of their ace pitchers isn't even there. They are going through it and we're still behind them. So that's, that's, <laughs> that doesn't have me uh, too happy, but yeah. I, I bet. I, and I could be full of shit here and this could just be an optimistic view, but I think by the all-star break, the Jays are three games ahead of the Yankees. The Yankees oh, are reeling, man. Like the Yankees are with Aaron judge. Like they were just reporting yesterday, Aaron Judge might be out until August, dude. Like, I don't know how this team can continue to keep their head above water. Carlos Rodon is yet to make a pitch in a New York Yankees uniform. Frankie Montes oh, yeah. is out for the season. Luis Severino, who was supposed to come back and be the stud that everyone was excited about in Yankee land, uh, pitching to a 5.25 ERA. I mean, they are in some serious trouble and I don't see it getting better. So I, I agree. It is super frustrating to see them that half a game ahead of Toronto right now, but I, I just can't see it lasting. I mean, well, you hate to see it. Don't you, you hate to see the Yankees oh, going on hard times. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. Did you guys notice? Uh, I, I think it was either yesterday or the day before the look of stunned on the Yankee beat reporters faces. Cause all of a sudden it came out that uh, Aaron judge, it, it's been, you know, dealing with a toe in issue. Now Aaron judge has said it's a ligament issue going on in there. People's eyes bugged. The only New York beat writers meet that had no idea that that was the case. That was that severe. So the Yankees yeah. are playing no pun intended here. Cause we're talking about the feet, but they're playing footsies a little bit with the media right now, trying, trying to tiptoe mm -hmm. through some things right now. They're, they're, they're not trying to show their cards. 
that Aaron Judge issue might be significant. Aaron Judge, him, I saw him quoted the other day. He said that he is having extreme difficulty walking, walking. right now. Yikes. Yikes. Okay, successful. Verdict still out. Unsuccessful. Chris Bassett. Oh my gosh, boy. Jays are eight and eight in his starts. He's been so feast or famine. I mean, his, his good starts have been as good as starts as, uh, I mean, his good starts are Kevin Gosman level starts mm -hmm. and his bad starts. And Craig, are I'll stop you there with, with just a, a little uh, asterisk. This is how he has been his whole career. So this isn't something new we're seeing huh? with him in a blue Jays uniform, right? He, yeah, yeah. three good starts and then a, a, a dog yeah. seems to be literally <laughs> his MO. Very, yeah, it's a, you know what the, the only reason I'm going to say undecided is because it's so glaring what his issue is right now. Lefties, you notice lineups are just getting stacked with lefties. He, he's having a real mm -hmm. righties. Righties might might as well just say no. I'm good right now. What's my turn up to bat? I'm good. I'm good. I'm working on my sunflower seeds. I'm I'm good. Lefties, oh my gosh. Well, righties might as well go up there and switch over to lefties for crying out loud. That's how dominant it's been. So that's why I'll say undecided because. Really, it hasn't been great, but I think there's something specific that he can work on going forward where we can still see some 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 good things for him. Real feast or famine, though. Real. That's a great point, Scott. That That, that is Chris Bassett uh, throughout his career. Um, just to point out the splits, lefties versus righties for Chris Bassett, uh -oh. for anybody curious at home. Uh, versus righties, 183 opponent batting average, 263 slugging. Okay. They just don't hit him. Versus, and against versus, lefties, I'm going to guess three. I'm going to guess three, eighteen, two eighty three. Oh, not even close. Okay, <laughs> but a six oh two slugging percentage. Ooh. Oh, so, so all of his home runs are going to lefties. Uh, yeah. Oh, I did see that actually. It's like thirteen of the sixteen, ratings. isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's thirteen yeah. of the sixteen home runs are against lefties. So you'd think, well, Craig, that's because he's facing all lefties. Look at those splits, Adamac. Look at the at bats. It's even, isn't it? It's even. Yet the yeah. lefties are smashing way more home runs than the righties. Yeah, it's uh, two hundred three to one ninety two for righties, righties versus lefties uh, for plate appearances. OPS plus, by the way, for righties forty three against Chris Bassett this season. <laughs> Lefties, 160. Oh, my God. Night Those day. are two of the extremes that I've ever heard in my whole life, Adam. Mm -hmm. Mag. You just rhymed yeah. off some extremes right there. The splits don't look good, but I'll be honest. This is what I expected and was somewhat hoping for out of Chris Bassett. Would you agree that this is kind of what you wanted to see out of Chris Bassett? taking the Alec Manoa of the whole thing mm -hmm. out of it, obviously. You know why I'll say yes? Is because, and Adam, you've got the splits there as well. You can attest to this. His home away splits at the Rogers Center, because I was concerned with him at the Rogers Center. This is a fly ball pitcher that signed with mm -hmm. the Blue Jays. Then they announced we're moving the outfield fences way in, right? So I always wondered, <laughs> yeah. well, I always wondered how he felt about that. He is absolutely, and no pun intended here, he is knocking it out of the park at home. Yeah. He struggled on the road. So A, could that improve in the second half? And B, those those road mounds that he struggled at, he's not going to be back on those mounds again th this season, right? Like the Rogers Center is the one we'd be concerned with. And Adam, do you see those home home away splits? I mean, it's they're it's um, they're more drastic than the lefty well, righty splits. Uh, so his batting average for opponents at home one one thirty oh forty eight <laughs> so close uh, on that one on the road two ninety four jeez but uh, OPS at home. 490 away 920 again so he's given up home oh, runs goodness. on the road to lefties and on the road all of his home runs unreal 
the, the only good start I remember him having on the road was that start at New York when, when he when he had to rush home to for, for the for the birth of, yeah. of the child. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. He needs to get his wife pregnant more often. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> OK, last one here, Craig, and, and maybe we'll wrap up the episode on this because I get the feeling that this will be a uh, longer talking point. Success verdict still out. Unsuccessful. The acquisition of Dalton Varsho. For me, it's got to be. Um, oh, sorry. What's what's the undecided one? Verdict still out or undecided. Verdict still out. Works. Yeah, yeah. I think it's got to be that one. And the only reason I say it's got to be that one is because Varsho is going to be a Blue Jay for so long. Yeah. Guriel Junior.'s days as an air, as a Diamondback are probably numbered, and we know we are. I mean. There's no surprise. We know Gabriel Moreno is going to be special. His defense right now at a big league level is completely elite right now. He just walked in the door right now. It's elite. One thing I will say, we talked earlier, we were joking earlier about those April narratives that have quickly gone by the wayside. Yeah. This is one of them because yeah. Lourdes and, and Gabriel Moreno were off to huge starts in April in May and June. They've both been massively struggling. They're both hitting 150 the last in the last two months of the season. They're both hitting 150. Like, I mean, so they, they've both come massively down to earth. Meanwhile, wouldn't we say that Dalton Varsho's offensive arrow is pointed upwards? So Truly. on the on the surface, this trade didn't look good. You know, at the start, I, I still would have wanted to say, even in April, I still would have wanted to say probably verdict, uh, jury still out, verdict yeah, still give out. It time. Exactly, exactly right. And, and because of the fact that Varsho is going to be here for so long, We've talked about this on the walk-off podcast before. The bottom line, ultimately, I'm never going to come down on Shapiro and Atkins for that move. I mean, I'll, I'll scream till the cows come home. What, what was with that process of John Schneider? What was with the heart? So the, yes. you know, I, I, I'm not above criticism of Shapiro and Atkins. I, I hear Adam Mack in my head all the time saying, Craig, in the history of sports, there's no such thing as a regime that batted a thousand. In the history of sports, which is, of course, yeah. true, of course, accurate. This one here. When you look at Shapiro and Atkins, the cupboard is bare when it comes to young, high upside pitchers that they've brought up to the big league level. We hoped Manoa would be one. Now we wonder. We hope Ricky Tiedemann would be one. Even if Manoa and Tiedemann work out, and, Bar and Berea, even if these all three of them work out, that's still, for how long Shapiro and Atkins have been here, that's still not a lot. And the cupboard is definitely bare. All due respect to Spencer Horowitz, who's who's a friend of the walk-off, who could play yes. in the outfield, right? Yeah, who could play in the outfield, but... The, the young uh, uh, outfielder coming up to the big league level with that high upside, with that controllable contract, that cupboard is bare in the Shapiro and Atkins era. That that describes Dalton Varshow. So I get the idea why he was the, the, the trade target, why a player like that was the trade target. And ultimately, Dalton Varshow's cupboard is never going to be bare, right, gentlemen? Because that defense is elite. Defense doesn't slump. And I mean, if you, I, I, I can't agree more with you that, the verdict is still out on this and this is one thing adam and i have talked about pretty much ad nauseum is that how in the world can you possibly decide a winner and loser on a trade with a guy with four years control and another guy with six years control when you're two months in after the trade right it's just it makes no <laughs> logical sense to judge a trade at that point i will say i am and i know i, I i'm good, probably gonna get roasted in the comments for what i'm about to say here I am so glad Gabriel Moreno is not the catcher behind the plate for this Toronto Blue Jays team in 2023 mm -hmm. for what they are trying to do in this window. That said, I will say the caveat here is that Gabriel Moreno might be the best catcher of the three catchers, Alejandro Kirk, Danny Jansen, and himself mm -hmm. in five years. 
you see it time and time again, and it doesn't matter the skill level of these catchers. I mean, unless you're freaking Adley Rushman, and even Adley is still learning defensively and still learning how to call a good game. But, you know, the rule of thumb, whenever we we had friend of the show, Joe Siddle, right? Former major league catcher. And he came right out and said, for the most part, you don't know how to call a good game till you're four or five years into your major wow. league career. Think about how insane that is, Wow! right? So if, if we're waiting on experience, then this was the right move. And I know there's a lot of people who would rather have moved Kirk. Frick, Adam and I were in that boat. I mean, the deal's done now. I like Alejandro Kirk. I think that his ceiling is also high. And I think that his body is going to hold together for the four years that they've got left on his contract. Mm-hmm we'll see. <laughs> I could eat those words, but I mean, for, for where the Toronto blue Jays team is at, I really, as much as Gabriel Moreno profiles as a stud down the road, look at the growing pains he's going through right now. And, and you, you talk about specific to this blue Jay team. Well, that always would have been true. The experience versus the not experience. I've never heard Joe Siddle say that, that, that that's a brilliant piece of, of, of information there, but also, with all that said, now the pitch clock's introduced. So in the past, Moreno could have been sitting there saying, "You know what? I'm feeling the three on this one." But oh man, hmm, what are the scouting reports? So should it be the should it be the fastball up and in? Let me just look over to the dugout real quick. What do you guys think? You you are thinking fastball up and in? Okay, you know what? Yeah, we're going fastball up and in. Well, that's a pitch clock violation. So in this day and age, I mean, for Gabriel Moreno to have to call the game on this level with the expectations of the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays, Scott, I think you're making a good point there. And years down the road, I do think Moreno will pass Jansen and will pass Kirk, right? But in that same period of time, Dalton Varshow is going to leapfrog Lourdes as well, right? Like we're still going to be okay coming out of this trade here. And five years from now, Gabriel Moreno being the next Johnny Bench in baseball if the Blue Jays are sitting there having hung a third World Series championship, then my God, we are going to be just fine over here on our end. I think with Gabriel Moreno too, um, and and one of the more frustrating things I get, uh, I get frustrated with with the detractors of this trade is sometimes the detractors act like there is now a huge hole in the catching position for the Toronto Blue Jays. But that is not the case. It really is not the case. Danny Jansen calls an incredible game. The starting rotation staff, they all feel comfortable with him. He has gotten better defensively. His framing substantially better this year Mm. than last year. Mm. And we're seeing the power that we uh, dreamed that Danny could, could provide. Right. This is a dude who's sitting at 10 home runs. He's going to hit 20 plus this year and he can't stay healthy. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? As, as odd as this sounds, because of course I wouldn't rather have this person instead of Moreno, but I'm comfortable with Tyler Heineman back there. I mean, just want to say it. Yeah. I'm comfortable when he's back there too. Like the, yeah. the, the catcher cupboard is not bare. The catchers have struggled overall. If you look at the 2022 production for the Blue Jays, th- they didn't get production at any position better than they got it at the catcher spot. That hasn't been the case True. this season. There's been injuries, this and that. I mean, yes, absolutely. But going forward, second half of the season, are we are, are we confident that the catcher spot could be really good with a Kirk and and, and an emerging Jansen and a, and a Tiedemann in our back pocket just in case yeah. we need it? Man, I'm 
I'm comfortable with the catcher position. I saw people saying, and this is really odd, but I, I agreed with it. I saw people saying that the Blue Jay catcher spot being so good with the Moreno trade, they could even afford to take a small hit on the Moreno trade. Like don't even have to necessarily yeah. win the Moreno trade could afford to take a small hit. Cause it's not like you're going to be sitting there saying, Oh my God, we took that small hit and we got, and, and our cupboard is empty at catcher. That's, that's not the case. And for it's the next the several years, that's not going to be the case. And I mean, Danny Jansen has two years left on his contract. And I don't think Jano's going to be a guy that is going to break the bank if you wish to bring him back, right? Like he's probably somewhere in there with the the Barnharts of the world where, yeah, like he he's probably going to get his eight mm-hmm. to $10 million, but I don't think it's going to be an astronomical contract. And I don't even think he's, he's going to need to be given a bunch of term. You can probably get him three, four years. Right. So I, I like that call as well. Danny Jansen's a guy I could see having a hometown discount. I, Danny Jansen's a guy I could truly. see wanting to be a Toronto blue Jay period. Truly. That's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Craig. Sorry. Here's, here's a little fun piece. Uh, just, we didn't touch on Danny Jansen's explosive bat, and we just got to address this. Uh, Marcus Simeon came to the Jays in 2021. In his last 238 games, 36 home runs. Danny Jansen in his last 230 games, 42 home runs. You're not, you just blew my mind on that one. You just blew my mind on that one. Over the Honestly, last three seasons, Danny Jansen on is on a yeah. 30 home run pace per 162. You just blew my... I, I, I it's love a, it's underrated. It goes unnoticed because he does like miss time, right? And he's, he's yeah, a, that's the catchers thing, right? play part-time keeps... in general as it is. But the power's there. Like he has... I think Vladdy's taken the lead on him finally uh, for home runs now. I thought that's where you're going with Twice as many games. Yeah. yeah, I thought that's where you're going with that, Adam. And you know what? Take your mind's eye back to those Danny Jansen home runs. It's not a two-run home run in, in the eighth inning that takes an eight-to-three game to a ten-to-three game. It's a home run in the eighth he's, inning, all right. That ties the darn game. That gives the Blue Jays the lead for crying out loud. Like he's hitting. He's got some clutch factor for oh, sure. Oh man! Holy moly! Craig, when he yeah, sir. These numbers. This is Danny Jansen's last 162 games. Okay, 33 home runs, 99 RBIs, a slash line of a batting average 255 on base, 325 slug of 424, a weighted runs created plus of 132. He's got a WAR of 5.2. My gosh. You guys are I mean, blowing my mind. I did not know that these numbers were like this at all. 99 RB. This guy hits in the nine spot. This guy hits at the bottom of the lineup. He hits in the eight yeah. or the nine spot. 99 RBIs. Maybe our cleanup hitter that we don't have Jeez. should be Danny Jansen. Jeez. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> that is incredible. I, I, I know you guys are the, hey, if you're a Danny Jansen fan, subscribe to the Walk Off Podcast. I've always known that. You guys are Danny Jansen. I get that. But yeah. man, did you guys just rhyme There's off some numbers there. right there? That's 162 games. Where that, that's a legitimate that, sample size, yeah, folks. Isn't that insane? Yep. Yeah. That's that's uh, Danny Jansen, power hitter. All right. Mr. Ballard, honestly, man, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I know how busy you are with a full-time job and also Locked On Jays, which <laughs> you are doing an incredible job of. Oh, so you. really appreciate it, brother. For everyone out there, check out Locked On Jays. Craig is doing an incredible job. Where can everyone find it, Craig? It's Locked On Jays. The Locked On Blue Jays was too long of a handle on Twitter, right? You guys know that game. Yeah, so yes. it's Locked On Jays on Twitter. 
the the YouTube page is the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, and and really, I mean, it's anywhere you, that that you that you listen to your your podcast, right? I would think uh, the the Walk Off podcast is 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 about uh, you know at least three, let's say about three or four shows per week. So on those days, you're going to start with the Walk Off podcast, head right over to the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. On days when the Walk Off podcast doesn't have a show, you're starting your day with the Locked On Blue Jay podcast. That sounds like time well spent, gentlemen. Am I right? I, I can't I can't agree with you more, Craig. Honestly, brother, thank you so very much, buddy. All the best and have a good one. Until the next time. A great talking Blue Jay baseball. Go Jays, go. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening. 